This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. No need to pick up the phone. The old dealer, Chris Greer, did it himself. Welcome to Finsider Radio. This is the Jake and Josh Show. It is Wednesday. That means we are joined by the one and only, our big doctor, Merrick Brave. Gentlemen, wow. Talk about bringing free agency into the regular season. Let's get into it. Let's jump right into it. Gentlemen, how shook were you guys yesterday? Just hoping to see those Adam Scheffner, those Ian Rappaport notifications fly across your screen. I, I'll tell you the truth. I I got nervous there. It, it felt like it was coming down to the wire. Like as the day was rolling on, I, I fully expected the deal with Bradley Chubb to get done. I saw earlier in the day, uh, Benjamin Albright, uh, a radio guy in Denver. He, he had said that the Broncos had signed an outside linebacker to the practice squad. And I thought that was actually a pretty good indication that Chubb was going to get dealt. And last I had heard, there was only really two teams in on the deal. And that was the Jets and the Dolphins. And then I had kind of heard that the Jets dropped out. And plus, we know if it's between the Jets and the Dolphins, just like Tyreek, Chubb was going to, he was going to try to force his way to Miami. But uh, once I saw that the Jets were kind of out on the deal, I was like, okay, yeah, I think this is going to get done. And then we were getting closer and closer and closer to the deadline and it wasn't happening. And I was like, oh no, maybe, maybe we're not getting Chubb. And then sure as hell, the notification comes across. Dolphins. You looked down Chubb. Yep. and you had Chubb. I did. I was excited. <laughs> just like uh, I had Chubb, just like Miami does right now. So. How about yeah, if you, you, Joshua? If you have a chub lasting longer than, what, 24 hours, you better see a doctor. But I think that's how we're, we're all probably feeling at this point. I mean, earlier in the offseason, you know, we went out there and got Tyree Kill, that weapon on offense. This was kind of that move on defense. And I guess I was kind of sitting there kind of just feeling dead inside. Wasn't sure what was going to happen. Wasn't honestly sure, you know, if they needed to make this move, but it all makes sense. And the fact that, you know, it happened, I think it was probably the first time I looked away and stopped refreshing Twitters when it all went down. But uh, credit to Chris Greer, credit to Mike McDaniel for going out there and getting a player that they both believe can change his defense and push his Dolphins. I don't know if you guys have seen these pressers today, man, but we keep hearing the word Super Bowl coming out. And I uh, I don't know that I've ever heard that in my lifetime. I don't know if I like that. I don't know if I'm a big fan of this. Same, I'm not sure, but in. they seem confident. Because the second you trade for Tyree Kill, you're going all in. The fact that I, I don't know if I like the whole dialogue that is they're going all in because that gives the notion that, hey, if this team isn't one game within the Super Bowl, that's a failure. And I, I don't know if that's really a situation we can call ourselves to be in as Dolphin fans when it's only one game can decide your fate. Uh, but overall, I mean, 
yeah, I completely agree. They're, they're doing everything. They're pushing everything forward. The chips. Oh, I'm killing myself saying this. The chips are on the table. <laughs> I liked what you said earlier, Josh. You said something about changing the defense. And I do think that this move signifies uh, kind of a change in philosophy uh, as to how this defense is going to be run. For the, the past couple of years, you had Xavier Howard on one side and Byron Jones on the other. This defense was built on tight man coverage from those star corners. This year, we haven't seen Byron Jones. He's still not going to practice this week. He's not going to play, you know, this week. We're kind of reaching crunch time. You know, is he going to play this year at all? We don't know. And so instead of relying on tight man coverage and then, you know, which trickles down and then the defensive line is able to get pressure because of that, they're going to build it from the defensive line up. And so now you're trying to get quick pressure on the quarterback quick hurries, you know, possibly even bring the quarterback down with some sacks. That might be wonderful. We could get some of those this year. Uh, And and then that takes the pressure off of those defensive backs because right now you have Xavier Howard. And as much as we like Cater Kohu and Keon Crossan and and Noe Benagane has has been decent uh, in his limited role so far this season, it takes pressure off of those guys. They don't have to be Byron Jones. They're not Byron Jones, but they don't have to be Byron Jones because now you have Bradley Chubb on that defensive line. He's going to help unlock Jalen Phillips. Jalen Phillips should be able to get home a little more often, uh, you know, being able to rush from different points along that defensive line. And then, like I said, I think it, I think it changes this philosophy and changes the way this defense is run going forward. Jalen Phillips so far this year, he's kind of had the metrics of someone who's playing really well, but the sack numbers haven't been in there. And and to me, that's kind of one of the most interesting aspects of this trade is Merrick, great point saying, you know, it was this foundation of this defense was Byron Jones and Xavier Howard. You saw they were two of the top four paid guys for about two, three years on this team. Uh, But I guess, Josh, something I want to ask you, I mean, when you add Bradley Chubb to Jalen Phillips, I mean, Cameron Wake and Olivier Vernon's the one, two that comes to my end, uh, my head. We could argue that they're different uh, styles. Some players are better than others. But I guess my concern, man, is even though Olivier Vernon had someone as dominant as Cam Wake on the other side, those pressures that we're seeing from Jalen Phillips that we hope, you know, he keeps getting better at, turns him to sex. We never saw that with with Vernon. We always would joke like he was the pressure king. But I mean, when you're throwing to Philip Wheeler covering a tight end, you don't have to worry about pressure. No, not at all. And I think this is not just going to help Jalen Phillips, but it's going to help everybody up front, right? I mean, Chubb's going to take take on two blocks at times, you know, open things up for those big guys up front. But I absolutely think this is, you know, the way Merrick said it, you know, they're kind of changing the philosophy. And you wonder how much of that was Mike McDaniel's plan all along. I mean, we've heard him in his press conference talk about how much he loves the edge position. I mean, if this is the way that he visions a defense, I mean, maybe we were eventually going to see it shift from that, you know, lockdown man defense and, you know, let the pressure get there to this attack, attack, attack. And that's what we're doing here. I think the thing I like most is not only that Bradley Chubb's 26. I mean, Jake, I do, we do need to tip our hat to you though, man, you brought up Bradley Chubb. I think uh, it was like last Wednesday or something. So hat tip to you, man. You're like Nostradamus, but um, this is a guy that can do everything, right? He can set the edge. He's a asset in the run game, but he can also beat you in numerous different ways. And I looked up his, you know, the, the way he's built and some of the things like that. All my life, I wanted the Dolphins to get Jadavian Clowney. And this almost seems like, you know, almost a, a better version, you know, a guy that can rush the passer, who can be an asset in the run game and can do all sorts of things. So I love it. I am interested to see what the Dolphins uh, 
what they pay him because I looked it up on Spotrack and they had him estimated at five years, $90 million. So again, I want to know what they're going to do with Emmanuel Agba because this kind of might signal the end of him, you know, later down the road, but uh, you can never have too many pass rushers. And right now, you know, if you're an opposing quarterback, you got to be almost in your pants, right? If you see Melvin Ingram moving around, Jalen Phillips, Emmanuel Agba, Andrew Van Ginkle, now Bradley Chubb. I mean, uh, what do you do in that situation? You did even mention Sealer Island, but I mean, we've buried the lead so bad. I'm going to see how long we can go without actually saying what the trade was. Uh, but guys, I want to ask you, because Josh, you brought up the point that Mike McDaniel edge rushers, like if he could, he I think the line was something along the lines of if I could draft an edge rusher every year in the first round, I would. Josh Boyer, he has a quote. I think it's from this year. I put it on, you know, articles in the Finsider about how much he loves to build from the secondary back. If we've learned anything over the last couple of years, it's dolphin coaches don't last long. No position coaches. They don't stick around outside of Josh Boyer. Is this a turning the page moment? Is this a conflict we're going to see? Or is it just kind of two guys are actually going to be able to talk it out and work it out and act as adults? I think Josh Boyer has shown that he's kind of a team player over the last few years. You know, there was, there were always those rumblings that he and Brian Flores didn't always get along. Um, uh, at the highest level, but they made it work, especially in the second half last year when that defense turned around and, and clearly he did something right because he was retained when Mike McDaniel was brought in this year. So, you know, who knows? I'm not sure what Josh Boyer's doing. Maybe he's giving massages in the, in the back room and, and getting everybody on his side. Not that type of massage Browns fans chill out, but uh, you know, he, he, he seems to be able to adapt. And I think, that's the mark of a good coach. And by all accounts, Josh Boyer is a good coach. So now he's got an extra piece at his disposal, somebody as impactful as Bradley Chubb. And I'm excited to see how he unleashes that piece on opposing offenses. And we will get a taste of it this weekend. I mean, uh, Mike McDaniel joked, I'm going to play uh, Jeff Wilson on offense. I'm going to play Bradley Chubb on defense. So we don't know how much solid he'll play this plan. week. Yeah, very solid, very plan. solid plan. But you mentioned how that. effective he is as a pass rusher. ESPN actually has him third uh, with the highest pass rush win rate um, among all edges in the NFL. First, it's Micah Parsons with 32%, Miles Garrett 30%, and Bradley Chubb at 27%. He has 26% total sacks over his career 170 tackles and um i don't know if you guys saw the video i cut up but some of those plays man i mean he's beating you with the charles harris spin move at times he's doing some michael phelps like swim moves he's busting you know beating the tackle inside and then getting around the running back to force uh matt ryan to fumble the football he does it in a number of different ways and again when you add him to those pieces when you add him to a defense run by josh boyer who um by all accounts can you know use the scheme and use these players to his advantage. Uh, we got to be excited to see what happens moving forward because this is a pro bowl player, upper echelon edge rush that you're already adding to a unit. That's pretty damn good. If you keep scrolling down that list, Josh, let me know who's number nine on that list. If you have it in front of you, I don't, it was a tweet. It was somebody, um, I think it was like a graphic, but it's Jalen Phillips, right? Charles he has to, it's Jalen Phillips. He's top 10. I did see that. So, so yeah, now, Charles Harris. you have two, you have two top 10, Pass rush win rate. That sounds fancy. Yep. It's it's hard to say that. You got to slow down when you say that, or else you're gonna mess it up. But but two of the top ten on that Dolphins D line now. It, it's just it completely changes this defense. And you know I know you were talking about it earlier, Jake. But yeah, it's just another move that signifies that the Dolphins are all in. And and we'll see where they end up at the end of the year. You know they're talking Super Bowls today. Who knows if we get there? But who are the best teams in the AFC? The Chiefs, the Bills. Well, we already beat the Bills. Ravens are probably up there. We beat them too. Beat them. Tua Tungavailoa, 
five and zero in games he started and finished this season. He's back. He's healthy. Now we're adding pieces on offense and defense. Ooh, it's an exciting time to be a Dolphins fan. Really exciting. So to kind of make this harder to digest, to get the queasy meter going, this is kind of, I guess, the fear, the the, the dark side of Chubb, if you will. Uh, he missed it. all but four games in 2019 with a torn ACL and missed 10 games last season with bone spurts in both ankles. That, I guess, is the big concern. You're worried about the injuries. But at 26, year old, 26 years old, I mean, guys, I... We spent five years saying how durable Ryan Tannehill was, and then everyone instantly flipped the switch and said the next two years how injury-prone he was. I, I think we can't really – I don't think there's such thing as someone who's injury-prone. I think there's such a high level of luck involved with this. But to me, that's a little bit of the queasy meter. And, and just a couple more stats before we can tie up this talk and actually say what the trade was. But, but guys, the Dolphins blitzed on nearly 40% of snaps last year, which is kind of bananas. Uh, there were 70 pass attempts where they brought six or more defenders last year. It wasn't no just, you know, sneaking a linebacker. And that ties Kansas City for the second most through eight games, guys. I mean, Ingram was player of the week, week two defensively, I think. But Ingram, Agba, those guys, I mean, you're a little concerned that that you haven't had those uh, lightning games. Obviously, consistency is always going to be what you want but even those big potential games we haven't seen a lot of them uh the dolphins are pressuring on 15 percent of dropbacks that's the fourth fourth lowest number in the nfl only 15 sacks this year qbs when miami brings at least six something they were so good at doing last year opposing quarterbacks are now 14 of 18 for 233 yards and five touchdowns merrick is falling apart about how miserable this all sounds so I'm just going to close it with defense is 23rd and yards allowed in 27th in defensive EPA. Bradley Chubb, how much does that change it? I think it changes everything. Like I said, it's a it's a a signal that the defensive philosophy is changing. You know, when you don't have that tight man coverage on the outside, you're not going to be able to stick with receivers when you're blitzing that many people. When you're blitzing six, you just don't have the bodies back there to cover everybody. And if you don't have the elite bodies back there, like Byron Jones and then Xavier on the other side, and he's been battling injuries throughout this entire season, then you're just not going to be able to win with that type of scheme. So clearly the addition of Chubb is going to allow them to rush a base four more often uh, and hopefully get to the quarterback more often doing that. Uh, or even just, you know, if they're going to send a blitz, like you mentioned, maybe only send five instead of six and leave an extra defensive back uh, able to, to to cover some of these receivers and tight ends. But Bradley Chubb is a star player. He's a young player. He's going to get paid a whole bunch of money, and, and the Dolphins will have to deal with those ramifications as we move forward over the next couple of years. But, but for right now, for 2022, this was the exact right move. Uh, and we talked about it. I think it was last week when, when you were bringing his name up, Jake, we talked about it and you know, I was kind of on the fence for a minute and then I thought about it for like literally 10 seconds. You can just hear the flip switch on that podcast. If you go back and listen to it, I said, you know what? <laughs> Screw it. Yeah, we're in, we are all in, make the move, send the pick, pay the money. Let's win some football games and let's, let's assert ourselves Let's let the Miami Dolphins assert themselves as a dominant team in the AFC and a team that can do some damage when it really counts later on in the season. Yeah, this is a game changer. It's going to help that young secondary. Like you mentioned, Xavier Howard's banged up. I'm still holding out hope that we see Byron Jones by the end of this, you know, year or, or even my lifetime. But um, we went this far, you know, without talking about the compensation. I'll throw it out there. Miami trades to San Francisco's 2023 first round pick and Chase Edmonds, along with a 2024 fourth-round pick to the Denver Broncos for Bradley Chubb. I think what was most interesting was Mike McDaniel or Chris Greer uh, said today that 
you know, Chase Edmonds was part of that deal. They were not going to let that deal go through without getting Chase Edmonds back. And then at that point, that forced the Miami Dolphins' hands to make another move. But um, we saw that first-round pick slowly diminishing, you know, getting further down the line. There is no way you're going to get, you know, Bradley Chubb was a former fifth overall pick. There's no way you're going to get a player as talented as a Bradley Chubb, you know, picking 24th or 25th. I mean, um, I don't want to pile on Nole Gnogany, but that's how he ended up getting to Miami. So um, I think this is an absolute game changer. I think it's going to force those quarterbacks to make quick decisions, and it's going to help everybody on that defensive side of the football, which is then going to allow the offense to go out there and do what they do. And I think what's so cool is not only is his at astronaut, I mean, is that not awesome as hell? I mean, at <laughs> astronaut, but um, I'm just, surprised that's not yours, Josh, with how much yeah, time I, you spend in space. I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> now, <laughs> now I forget what I was going to say. I think this signifies, you know, a dawn, uh, yeah, a dawning of a new era. You know, this is uh, not your same old Dolphins. You know, they went out there and made a splash move for Tyreek Hill and Bradley Chubb in the same season. Um, I know a lot of people have teetered with Chris Greer. I probably would have him fired back in January. I admittedly said that. Dude, tip your hat to everyone involved with this because the Dolphins got themselves a good one. And, you know, it's it's crazy. I mean, th this is kind of a short version, but the fact, I mean, if, if you want to talk about the most revolutionary point in Dolphins history, right now it's trading for Don Shula. But in 10, 15 years, is it going to be crazy if we're sitting here talking about Laramie Tunsil smoking a bong is the most important <laughs> part in Miami Dolphins history? You consider the the shockwaves of that trade, that Trey Lance trade that uh, uh, Albert Breer had the tweet yesterday that was blowing up that the Trey Lance deal turned into Jalen Waddle, Tyree Kill, and now Bradley Chubb. But man, and Javon Holland, and Javon Holland, we can't forget him. So does the Tunsil video? Does that start the DVD then, Jake? I know we were thinking about the what was it, the butt punt? Does with the Tunsil taking a rip? Would that be the start of that Dolphins uh, DVD, Super Bowl DVD? Oh, yeah, it's just a black screen, and you just hear the bubbling, and then it just slowly <laughs> fades. Oh, Super man, slow mo, yeah. yeah, and then like the credits come out from the smoke, like. <laughs> We joke, we joke, but I mean, that's kind of the situation we're in. This is awesome. This is a blast. I'm very excited to watch this offense and defense really work. Um, let's talk about the Chase Edmonds part a little bit longer because I kind of feel bad. I felt so awful when I tweeted that he led the league in uh, drops and everyone thought, well, let's tag him in it because that will definitely help him stop dropping balls if, if we just pile on this guy on social media. Um, I don't know if I believe Chris Greer and Mike McDaniel on this one. I don't think this could Not a chance. I don't think I, I'm not a math guy. I'm not that smart. That's why my degree is in English. But um, the math, I don't think on the contracts would have worked. Like it, it's it's pretty obvious that that's the reason Chase Edmonds was involved for how much he struggled this year for, you know, him being an inside zone guy versus an outside zone guy for all the drops. I don't think it has anything more to do with this deal more than that's a six million dollar contract that can be replaced with Bradley Chubb. Yeah, you had to you had to shed some salary just to get Chubb uh, in you know, with the, with the contract that he has now, uh, not to mention the contract he's going to command when, when his new deal comes through. So dumping Edmund's salary was a no brainer. Uh, you know, he was originally supposed to be this team starting running back yet every week you saw Raheem Mostert snap share increase, uh, up until these last couple of weeks when it's been the Raheem Mostert show almost exclusively. And unfortunately, every time you saw Chase Edmonds take the field, it was kind of followed by a negative play, whether it was a dropped ball in the passing game or that, that fourth down run against the Steelers where he had a clear lane if he would have just bumped it outside just a little bit, but instead he, he just ran into the backs of his, his own blockers. You know, it just wasn't working out here. Chase Edmonds, still a good football player, but he just wasn't catching on to the scheme quick enough, and it, it was time for him to go. And I don't think there's too many Dolphins fans out there that are going to be too sad about the loss of Chase Edmonds, especially when you consider 
The Dolphins did get a fifth round pick back in the deal for Chubb and then turned around and swapped that pick uh, or another fifth round pick. I don't know if it was exactly that one for Jeff Wilson from San Francisco, who is familiar with Mike McDaniel, who's familiar and excels in the outside zone scheme and who is great friends with Raheem Mostert. So there's some chemistry there already, and he's going to fit right in with this Dolphins team. Sounds like you're calling me a gullible guppy for listening to what Chris Greer and Mike McDaniel are putting out there. Um, Before we (laughs) jump into the Jeff Wilson thing, uh, Jake has an awesome quote here from Jeff Darlington. Uh, Spoke to someone in the Broncos uh, organization yesterday, said Bradley Chubb is the kind of player you can win a Super Bowl with, a true foundation piece. And then Merrick Brave found this awesome little nugget uh, from Ian Rapport, the last two trade deadline acquisitions by the team that went to the Super Bowl that season were both acquired from the Broncos. That would be Von Miller from to the Rams in 2021 and Emmanuel Sanders to the 49ers in 2019. Obviously, the Dolphins landed Bradley Chubb. So uh, we're going to the Super Bowl, right, boys? Yes. Yes, we are. I'm going to sound a little hot takey here. Uh, obviously, we're in the situation. Everything just happened. I mean... You look at what the Bills just did in signing Von Miller to that big deal. I think people were already talking about, like, this is an older player, like the last, you know, two, three years of this contract. It might be dead money. We might have to, you know, do a couple different things with the salary cap. I think I'd rather have Bradley Chubb and the fact you have this 26-year-old stud. I mean, I look at those two moves because I think that's kind of what it is. We look at this arm race. For some reason, the Raiders were involved with this. Remember, it's like Devontae Adams and Tyree Kill, who's going to be better? This, I kind of have that same kind of feeling for that. I think that this is going to be two moves that could define the AFC East. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I'm totally on board with your line of thinking there, Jake. Bradley Chubb, better than Von Miller at this stage in both their careers. Bradley Chubb, just a much younger player, and he's going to be more effective for the Dolphins going forward. And if he is to get this five-year deal that's rumored, uh, you know, I've I've seen it in a couple different places, and you talked about it earlier, Josh. If Bradley Chubb gets this five-year deal and the Dolphins are able to lock him down for the next half a decade, like that, that's a a pretty solid number. And then by the time that, that contract's up, He'll just be reaching the age that Von Miller is now. So, yeah, I'm on board with that. Yeah, players like this shouldn't become available. I mean, this guy, like like uh, Darlington said, the quote said he's a foundation piece, the guy that, you know, you build a defense around. And these pass rushes, I mean, we see them play well into their 30s. I mean, right? So uh, his best football is probably ahead of him in the Miami Dolphins. Um, that defense is going to be getting that boost. I think we gushed enough about Bradley Chubb. Let's head into a break. And when we come back, let's talk about the Miami Dolphins' newest running back, Jeff Wilson Jr. This is Advertiser Content, brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are... It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snackin'. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to frito No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hidden. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito
So I, I think both of you remember your first time playing Mortal Kombat. You know, you'd see someone, you'd be watching someone play, and you'd hear them using the controller, and you'd think, okay, they're pressing buttons. You'd get up to bat. If you started pressing those buttons really fast, you'd start punching someone. And, hey, the right person, it'd even work. That that original person playing Mortal Kombat and just mashing the buttons and hoping it works, that's Chase Edmonds. You want someone who knows what they're doing. You don't hear the buttons mashing. It's a little more of a smooth operation and the game looks cleaner. Hello? Wow, I lost it. Hello, Jeff Wilson. Wow, I, yeah, he's so impressive. I forgot his name. You are the king of analogies, Jake. You, you throw them out every episode. There's at least one or two. I'm always listening. It's We're either mashing the peas or chugging a 30-pack of beer. <laughs> yes. Today, we're playing Mortal Kombat. I just want to know what system you're playing Mortal Kombat on because you're considerably younger than I am. My first Mortal Kombat experience was the Sega Genesis. Sega? Mine was too. Mine was too, actually, but it, it wasn't Mortal Kombat. It was the Capcom versus... Um... I'm going to say they're all the same. They're all the same. But let's get into it because not all running backs are the same. Guys, uh, Chase Edmonds out the door. Jeff Wilson walks in. I mean, is there a more obvious move that could happen? I know there was a little bit of flirting going on between Kareem Hunt and Tyree Kill. But Jeff Wilson, I think it was a little cheaper to get him. His contract's a little cheaper. And kind of like Kareem Hunt, it's the same situation where if Jeff Wilson comes in and he continues the pace he's on, which is what? I think he's at about 400 yards or so. Uh, two touchdowns, caught 10 of 13 targets. He comes here, he balls out, he's getting a new contract, and that's a comp pick. Like, it, there, there, there's some science here that I also enjoyed outside of the fact of, hey, this dude knows how to play Mortal Kombat. Yeah, and I, I think there were rumors out there that Hunt wanted a new deal after being traded, and he was looking to get around $20 million guaranteed, <laughs> which, you know, three months a good football player, but we've seen that Chris Greer is not giving any running back that amount of money. It's Anything. Like he, it's why he picks. won't draft one in, in the first, you know, five, six rounds. He might he might take a flyer on a seventh round running back. Not recently, but uh, that just wasn't going to happen. Kareem Hunt was unrealistic. So we gave you props for calling the Bradley Chubb deal. Now I'm going to have to get my flowers for calling this Jeff Wilson deal because on the last pod we talked about trade targets and I said, hey, maybe one of these running backs from San Francisco could be available, either Elijah Mitchell, who, who's going to come back from injury soon or jeff wilson considering the fact that the 49ers had just traded for christian mccaffrey so sure enough jeff jeff wilson looks to be available and the dolphins go out and get him and now we got san francisco 2.0 right down here in miami and you know i think we all know the success that san francisco has had the past few seasons nfc championship games super bowls uh if we can replicate that with in my opinion, a better quarterback into a tongue of Iloa and better now receivers. We got better receivers. Bradley Chubb's in the mix. Like, sign me up. Let's go. And Raheem Mostert. That's our Joey seems, Bosa. Yeah, Raheem Mostert seems really happy with the addition of Jeff Wilson. And I think we're going to enjoy this a little bit more because we talked about it. They want to keep Raheem Mostert on a snap count. He has a, a long injury history. They haven't been able to do that because Chase Edmonds just wasn't effective in this scheme. This is going to allow, and I'm sorry for you guys because I know you have most on the fantasy teams, but this is going to allow the Dolphins to kind of scale back the amount of carries that Raheem Mostert needs to take right now, give Jeff Wilson some of those carries, and hopefully keep both of these guys with fresh legs as we reach the later part of the year when the Dolphins will be traveling to New England, they'll be traveling to Buffalo, 
playing in the elements, playing in those wintry conditions where it's more conducive to, to running the ball and pounding the rock. So I think it's a win-win uh, in many different ways for the Miami Dolphins acquiring Jeff Wilson here. Yeah, shame on you for not letting me uh, give you your flowers and you going about that yourself. But um, he stole the flowers. <laughs> yeah, he stole the flowers as I was getting. I'll ready take to throw. extra flowers. It's okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I think what's funny is when Mike McDaniel came here, we talked about how he's going to bring this run game from San Francisco, and I don't think we meant literally, right? I mean, he's now signed Raheem Mostert. I mean, Jeff Wilson Jr. Uh, again, credit to you, Merrick, for bringing that up there because I mean, as soon as the Christian McCaffrey trade went down, we should have kind of thought, you know, one of those running backs might be on their way out. Um, he appeared in 45 games, started in 15 of those over his five-year career, has 1,733 yards, 15 touchdowns. I uh, did a cut-up real quick of his best game of the year against Carolina Panthers, and you see a, a running back that looks decisive, had some big plays, and um, one of the cool things about it, uh, Mike McDaniel talked about it. Forget Daniel, the Miami Herald beat writer threw this quote out there, but uh, he was talking about Jeff Wilson Jr. and his shoulder punch. When a defender is trying to tackle him, you can see extra energy and juice that the rest of the offense feels. He's a running back that when you give him a carry, not only is he getting yards, but he's also breathing life into the offense, defense, and special teams. That's what's unique about him. His style, his energy, his passion for the game. He's a guy that was undrafted and wears it on his sleeve. And I'm getting goosebumps from that. And I don't know. I, I see a lot of these different charts going around Twitter that I truly don't understand sometimes where, you know, there's different logos all over these like squares and stuff. Uh, Next Gen Stats said Jeff Wilson has gained a plus 119 rushing yards overexpected this season with his seventh most among running backs. And before that, the Dolphins were negative 148 yards, which was a uh, dead last in the NFL. So um, they're getting an improvement from, you know, these graphs are saying they're getting an improvement. But if you go watch the film, I mean, you can absolutely see what Jeff Wilson's going to bring to this offense. And uh, to your credit, Merrick, I do have, I'm in so many fantasy leagues. I do have Jeff Wilson at least one. So I was a little stoked on that. He has uh he has Jeff Wilson in one league and I do too. So we're feeling we're feeling okay, kind of good so, about that. So you guys will be all right. I think a nice way to wrap up the show here, the Dolphins are five and oh with Tua um starting and finishing the game. The Dolphins are also one and oh when Merrick Braves catches a pass. So so Merrick, how was your Sunday? And what do we have <laughs> who are you catching a pass from this Sunday? Will it be for a touchdown? So should I play I get... you in FanDuel? Yeah, yeah, you might as you might as well. I, I threw a touchdown pass too if you watch the video. <laughs> but uh but yeah, I, I went to the game on Sunday in Detroit. Uh, got there early. I like to watch the guys warm up and and you know just kind of soak in the sights. And Teddy Bridgewater was was on the sideline and he just started throwing passes to to some people in the stands. And I was right there, so I just kind of put my hands up like, "Hey, I'm open." And he threw the ball to me, and I threw it back to him, and it was pretty awesome. And there was there was this little kid next to me, directly to my left. Uh, decked out in Lions gear, Lions beanie, Lions jersey, all that stuff, right? Poor kid. But he he wanted to catch the ball so badly. He, he had to have been like eight or nine years old. He was a real small guy. And I, I after I caught the pass and I threw it back to Teddy because I had to get mine first. You know, of course, I mean? like more important to me. But uh, I looked at Teddy and I was like, "Hey, throw it to this kid. Throw it to this kid." And Teddy looked at him and saw him in his his Lions gear, and he goes. Nah, it shook his head. <laughs> no, <laughs> I was Amazing. like, wait, wait, wait. And so I took my dolphin's hat off. I felt bad for the kid. I took my dolphin's hat off. I put it on the kid's head, and I was like, now nah, look, look, he's wearing dolphin's gear. Now you can throw it to him. <laughs> and so Teddy kind of shrugged, and he threw the kid the pass, and the kid threw it back, and he was jumping up and down. He was so excited. But yeah, I did get to do a little pitch and catch with old Teddy Bridgewater there. So that was that was really exciting. But overall, I mean, the the Lions fans they were cool. They were nice. Uh, when the Dolphins went down twenty-one-seven, and then and then by ten points at halftime, I was 
I was a little nervous. I was sulking a little bit, you know, like, man, I drove all this way just to watch them lose to the, the damn Lions. Game. And and I turned around and there was a guy behind me and he was like, no, 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 you're going to win this game. And I was like, what do you, what do you mean we're going to win this game? Your offense looks great. Our defense can't do anything. And he's like, no, come on. He's like, hey, watching the Lions is like watching the movie Titanic and hoping the boat doesn't sink at the end. I've seen this one. I know how this goes down. And sure enough, when the clock hit all zeros, Dolphins won the game 31-27. I turned back around to that guy. He looked me dead in my eyes and he goes, told you. And he got up and he started walking up the stairs to leave. And I was like, man, these guys are cool. But yeah, Detroit's a cool city. It was a fun time. And and now I get to do it all over again because I'll be going to Chicago this Sunday. Being a Midwest Dolphins fan, you got to you gotta get to these games when you get an opportunity because they're not always around here. So Chicago, much closer to my home here in Davenport, Iowa. So I'll be making the, the two and a half hour drive on Sunday. I'll watch the game. I'll come directly back. I don't have to spend any more time in Chicago. But hey, we're looking good. I've, I've been keeping an eye on the weather and it says um, 65 and partly sunny. So looks like the Dolphins might be getting a, a decent weather game. Hopefully I didn't just jinx that because I know there's some rain in the forecast on Saturday. And rain in the forecast on Monday. So if you know anything about Midwest weather, you know you just got to wait around a, a few minutes and it'll change. But uh, sounds, right now, fingers crossed, we're looking all right. Sounds like they brought the sun with them for Sunday. They packed that in. Yes. Yeah, sounds like you jinxed uh, Tua. He's going to have one of those games where it's the cold weather and rain that everyone keeps complaining about. But what was it? I mean, last question about the Detroit game and what was it like? That was by far, you know, yes, the Lions were banged up in the secondary, but that was by far Tua's best complete game that we've seen over the last three years. I mean, that had to be uh, just electric to be there. It really was. And and the Lions fans who who may not know Tua, you know, in depth Tua like we do, you know, we study his every movement, but, you know, they get, they get the narratives that are fed to them from the national media. So in their mind, they're like, oh, you know, Tua can't throw the deep ball and he's inconsistent and he, he makes those boneheaded plays you know, at least a couple times a game. And there was none of that. Every Lions fit. It was almost like, like, like hushed whispers. Like, like, oh my God, did you see that? Oh, what, what? That was a, that was an incredible throw. Oh my God. Two is he's dealing. He's throwing darts out here. They were just, just shocked and, and really amazed. And I didn't realize this, but apparently there was this big controversy when the Lions drafted Penny Sewell instead of drafting Tua. That was the same draft, right? Sewell might have been was Sewell the Waddle draft. That might have been the Waddle oh, pick. I, think was... I don't remember what draft it was, but the Lions had a had an opportunity to draft Tua and they passed. Was that the Akuda draft? Yeah, I think that's what it was. Okay, so got my drafts mixed up. Yeah, that was that was it. They had like two picks higher than the Dolphins, I believe. Yeah, the Lions are always picking up there. But anyways, they there was there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of controversy apparently with that selection because plenty of Lions fans wanted Tua Tunga Bailoa. Uh, and then they moved on from Matthew Stafford shortly after that. Uh, so a lot of Lions fans were kind of kicking themselves on Sunday. They kept saying, man, we should have drafted Tua. We should have drafted Tua. And for as much hate as Tua takes and as much hate as we take as Dolphins fans for supporting Tua, it was pretty awesome to be on the other side of that for once and hear a fan base lamenting the fact that they weren't able or didn't draft Tua when they had the opportunity to do so. So that was kind of neat. There was a tweet circulating on Sunday, and I thought it was the coolest thing at Merrick. I hope you saw this. It was after the first quarter. There was a there was more, obviously you weren't the only Dolphins fan there. There was someone who tweeted out like uh, that they were losing their mind in the first quarter, like the morale was just dropping, and there was like 
like a kid, like in a tour jersey, like two rows in front that was just like, it's okay, it's the first quarter. And, and the tweet was like, I really needed that. So, I mean, that was just so <laughs> legendary to hear that and the hopefulness and for it to all work out. Guys, before we take off here, the timer's going down to make room for these trade additions traded aways, whatever you want to call them. Even the Dolphins need to create a little cap space. Jerome Baker contract restructured. We know the kind of issues that come with that. It's a lot of dead cap, hopefully not in years to come. But, hey, these are the moves you make when years have a lot of good players, I guess. Yeah, and, and there's going to be other ramifications. I'm sure this means we'll probably be seeing the end of Mike Gesicki's time with the Miami Dolphins. That's essentially $11 million you can clear off the cap next year and maybe get a compensatory pick back for him as well, since they didn't deal him at the deadline. I'm sure this probably means the end of Emmanuel Ogba because uh, he's a high price player as well. And he hasn't been super effective this season. This probably means the end of Byron Jones's time with the dolphins. And he hasn't even played a snap this year. So we'll see if he does come back and how effective he is when he gets here. And then you have to wonder what this means for Xavier Howard moving forward as well. He's hitting that, that 30 year old, uh, mark where cornerback cornerbacks and their play kind of drops off once they reach that age. And he is also a very expensive player. So you do wonder, you know, what this move will do to the rest of the Dolphins players, especially the high price ones, especially because you have to re-sign Wilkins. Tua is going to be looking at a new deal within the next couple of years. Uh, and you got to find a way to fit them all uh, under the cap but for now that's not something that we have to worry about for now all we have to worry about is winning football games in 2022 and getting the Dolphins to the playoffs for the first time since 2016 and winning a playoff game for the first time in over 20 years that's all we got to worry about right now yeah and the good news is the salary cap's not real right I'm glad you brought up uh, Christian Wilkins Zach Sealer is also going to need a new deal at some point so um, you named off a lot of players that it will be sad to see them go, but those are the moves you have to make to make a Bradley Chubb deal, sign some of these other guys to extensions. Uh, right before we wrap up here, Wednesday injury report came out. Teron Armstead did not participate. River Craycraft, Xavier Howard, Melvin Ingram, Austin Jackson, and John Jenkins, all of them, uh, they did not participate. It looks like Howard and Ingram were vet rest days, but um, yeah, this injury report uh, looks a lot smaller than weeks prior, which I guess is a good thing as the Miami Dolphins prepare for Sunday's matchup against the Chicago Bears. Merrick, prediction real quick. How's Sunday going? Uh, I predicted the Lions game was going to be closer than a lot of people thought. I think I'm going to do the same for this Bears game. Their offense has actually been coming together nicely over these last few weeks. They're allowing Justin Fields to get those designed runs uh, more so than they were earlier in the season. And he seems to be doing well with that. He's, he's a great athlete. So I think it's going to be a little bit closer than a lot of us are predicting. But I'll still take the Dolphins in this one. I think I'm going to go with a score of... Oh, I'll say 20, 27 to 21 Dolphins. I like it. I like it. For Finsider Radio, we have less than a minute left. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much for joining us at Embrave13. Be sure to check him out because the Twitter spaces next Monday night. Be sure to check those out. They're always a fun time. Who watches Monday Night Football anyway if the Dolphins aren't playing? Thank you, everyone, for listening. We hope everyone is having a wonderful week. And until next time, Fins up. Fins up. Fins up. That was Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, because we're the Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins number one.
Cause we're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami. 